Today's blood, which is a Tuesday, is Daf, um, which is a, sorry, Monday's blood is Daf Chavzai. Says the Gemara, Tarabam, we learned. We start from the Chavzai, the very bottom of the page. We're still talking about Avelis, and we're going to talk about Avelis till the very end of the Masechta. Tarabam, we learned, Ahoylech Memakim Lemakim. If somebody was traveling from one place to another, he was going on business, and then sometime during the, the trip, he found out that he was an oval. So, im yochel lemayit ba'asaka yemayit, if he can reduce the work that he's doing, he should, the business that he's doing, if not, yigalgil iman, he should continue traveling with them and doing business and partnership. And Teish already explains, we're talking about that it's a matter of a loss, a dover of it, because generally an oval is not a lot of work. But here we're talking about it's a dover of it. Or others say because he's in the middle of the trip and he's already in the middle, he can finish. Tanabon be learned. We discussed that you, we, in the olden days, they said turn the beds over, shouldn't be comfortable. But when do we turn the beds over? Now you notice nowhere did we learn anywhere that a person is not allowed to sit on a normal chair, that an oval, and you have to sit on a low chair. All we learned was that the beds are turned over. So we'll soon see. We learned from when do we start turning over the beds? As soon as you take the mace out of your house, that's when you have to start doing your morning and um, you turn the beds over. These are the words of Rabbi Yezer. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua disagrees. He says, when you close the goil, and we have a number of times Rashi Tesis arguing, according to Rashi, goil means the lid on the coffin, according to Tesis, it means the matzeva. Maise Shemes Rabbi Gamliel Zokin. Rabbi Gamliel passed away. They say it's not Rabbi Gamliel Zokin, it's Rabbi Gamliel who lived in the time of Rabbi Shur Rabbi Lezer. Kimishi Yotzim at Pesel Beisay, as soon as they took him out of the house, Omlon Rabbi Lezer, Lezer came out and said, You have to start your Avelas, turn the beds over. The Kimishi Nistim Hagoyl, and once they put the Matseva on, or the Lid of Kodarashi, so Omlon Rabbi Shua, Kalfum Matseva Rabbi Shua, said, Now it's time to start your Avelas. Omrulay, they say, Kvar Kofino up. Hello, anybody there? Hello. Might have lost him. We've lost yeah. Israel. No, he left. He's going to come in again, probably. Yeah, it should be in now. Sorry, I lost you. Yeah, yeah. So that is why the other has to change from the shoes right after they um, cover they cover the coffin with sand. That's the Masagoyim. Torah Mabi learned, Be'emus ha'ezoik v'nesamitis be'eder Shabbos. On Shabbos, there's no display of Avela. So when do you turn the beds back up, standing? Min ha'mincha l'mayla, from mincha and onwards, and there's a big machlik, is which mincha are we talking about? Are we talking about mincha g'doyle, which is 12.30 in the afternoon, or we talking about mincha g'tana, which is 3, 3.30 in the afternoon? 
And Amad so that's when the Ogle starts preparing themselves for Shabbos. And uh, even though it's still morning, but they can already do certain things for Shabbos. Nevertheless, he will not sit on those beds when they're upright until Shabbos because he's still sitting in Avelis. Now let's say Sunday morning you're getting up. Even though it's Sunday morning you're getting up, you have to turn the beds back upside down. Now it says over here, the first time it says over here that uh, you don't um, that you don't sit on them until even though you you know you stood the beds up from minute onwards you don't sit until Shabbos. This is the first time we're talking about generally sitting that you don't sit on a normal chair during Avelis. So the beds are upright, you don't allowed to sit on it. So this is where we learn out the halacha that you have to sit on low stools and all that. Talmud, we learned how when we say they have to turn over your bed, how many beds they have to turn over? Not on your bed, all the beds in the house. Even though we have 10 beds, 10 different parts of your house, every single bed in the house had to be turned over. Let's say there were five siblings and one of them passed away. Every single sibling has to turn over all the beds in the house. If there was a bed that was mainly for storage, then it's not a bed for sleeping or for sitting and therefore you don't have to turn it over. And a dargish, and the Gemara will tell us a minute what a dargish is, ain't tzadach l'chvay, so you don't have to turn it over. And the zaykva, you leave it upright. Rav Shema ben Gamlil, I Rav Shema ben Gamlil says, dargish, when it comes to a dargish, which is a certain type of a bed, all you have to do is matir es kabita, there were ropes that were going from one, from the frame, from one side of the frame to the other side of the frame, and that was what hold up, that was the bed. So all you have to do is untie the ropes, unravel the ropes, and then the whole thing falls apart. My Dagish, what exactly is Dagish? Amrullah, Arsa de Gada. They used to have, interesting, a bed in their houses, which was purely for good luck, to show that things are going well. They would have a bed that nobody slept on, nobody sat on. It was there purely for good mazel. And um, in Shukhanarach, the Shach of that talks about whether it's a problem of uh, of whether like you know these good luck charms is it like some kind of a kishuv thing like menachish and you shouldn't have it or not, but they used to have a bed for mazel, so that's what we're talking about. And that particular bed, Rabbi Lula says you have to untie the ropes, and uh, and, and and good enough, and that that's it. And Tanakama says that um, you can just uh, leave it up standing because it's not a bed to sleep on. Omalei Rabbi said, Rabbi said, I don't understand. Only after if so, Gabi Melech by a king. Now we learn everyone sits on the ground, but who may sit on a dargish and he sits on the dargish. That if the dargish was some kind of a bed for good luck that nobody sat on, so the king never sat on his bed, and suddenly now an oval you make him sit on it. Nobody sat on this bed. We're gonna make the king sit on the bed. Why would you do that? So um Ravashi Vashi said, I don't understand what's the problem. My kusha. The other things that we do during Avelis that's not normal, for example, eating and drinking, right? It comes Avelis, the first meal that you have, or the, according to some, all the meals of the first day, or at least the first meal. We have, it's called Sudas Havra, that somebody else gives you bread and eggs and all that, by the king as well. It's like, it's like common that some stranger would go and give the food to the king. 
But by the way, let's do so. So why is it bothering you if the king has to sit on his bed for good fortune? That's generally used for good fortune. Nobody gave him to eat or drink. And now that he's in Avelis, they do give him to eat and drink. So what's bothering you? Eli Kasha, why can't there be a bed of good luck? Eli Ikasha Hokasha. We learned Dargish ain't a it says over here that a dargit, you don't have to turn over, the Tanakhama says, you just stand it up. Now, the e arsa the godam, if it's a bed of mazel, you should turn it over. Because we learned how kaifa mitos, we listen at the top of the page, if somebody turns the bed over, not only your bed, all the beds in the house have turned over, including this bed of Gaza, which is for good luck. Says, that bothers you? Oh, my cash, what's the problem? We just learned before also that if you have a bed that's meant for storage, you don't have to turn over. When we say a bed, you have to turn over. We're talking about a bed that you sleep on, not a bed that you use for other purposes. So this bed that was set aside, good luck. You don't have to turn over. So what's bothering you? The Tanya could be learned before the Bryce. the was a bed that was that was purely designated to store Caleb. You don't have to turn it over. If you have a problem, this is my problem. says, It comes to a Dargish, you untie the ropes. It comes to a Dargish, you untie the ropes and it falls apart. Now, the Isak, if we're talking about a bed of good luck, my Karbitin is that what kind of ropes do you have over them? That's not the kind of bed it was. It's not a bed to sleep on. So that's our problem. So when Rovin came along, a rabbi told him, his name was Rabtachlifa, the son of Marov. He used to hang around the marketplace where the tanners used to be. And he said, I know exactly what this bed is. My, what this Dargish is. You know what Dargish is? It's the bed that they use, you know, the, these tanners made out of hide. It's made out of hide. And what they did was they used to travel with it. And uh, whenever when they traveled, and therefore they were able to take it apart. So it's a big piece of leather that covered the entire area in the, in, within the frame. And when they were traveling, they would um, basically remove the leather and then have two frames there, and you, you know, fold it all up and take it with them as they traveled. Itmanami learned, the difference between a dargish and a bed was that a dargish, so you had this frame. And you had this big piece of leather and you had in, inside the frame on the bottom part of the frame, you had these holes and you would put the ropes of the leather through these holes. So they were like, you were sinking, it was like it was below the frame. A normal bed that had all of these ropes that were tied around the frame on top of it. And therefore it wasn't really portable. It was, you know, you tied it very well all around. This one here was much easier. Um, so meet the bed, you would tie around the frame. Now, said before that you just untie the ropes and it falls apart. A bed used to use, it had a canopiece as an old bed, and then you had a, a piece, a vertical stick on both ends of the bed, right in the middle of the frame, and then they would drape over it some kind of, you know, some kind of a canvas or material. It was like a teepee in a way, sort of. Anyhow, it was a, a cover, a canopy over a bed so they could sleep on. So how do you turn it over? Because uh, it you know, came to a point. So he says, Mita Shinakri, tell you, it's in Zaykva. All you have to do is lift it up, but die, it's enough. 
put it on the side and that's enough. We learned before already, if he went to sleep, this Abba went to sleep in the olden days when they used to turn the, the bed over. If he went to sleep on a chair or dining on top of a big mortar, or he slept actually on the floor and you would think, wow, he slept on the floor. Isn't that painful? That's this comfort. So that should be good for an Abba. He did not fulfill his obligation. Which obligation? He did not fulfill the the edict of turning your bed over and then sleeping on that. Tell them what we learned. You're to sweep the floor. You're to actually pour water over the dirt so that it should stay, you know, stay put. The base of the house of the mourner. You're allowed to wash your plates and your cups and You're allowed to wash all of these things. These are just ordinary mundane activities, and therefore you're allowed to wash them, even though you know in the house of a noble. So you let it wash, you know, and, and containers and bottles, the base of oval. Aim at the end, but you should not bring you should not bring the psalmim and the different kinds of incense, the base of to the house of novel. Don't bring it in the first place. You don't make a bracha on this incense, you don't make a bracha. on the spices, the base of oval. So it seems from there, bruche who the you don't make a bracha. Do bring it. Says you like kasha. That's not a question. Here is talking about the house of the Abel, the mourner, when the deceased is still there. If the deceased is still there. We allow you to bring the summon because there is some kind of a of, 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 of a bad smell, and we therefore we want to give cover to the mace, and we want you that it should. Uh, you should dispel that bad smell. So we have the summon in the house of the mourners, where the mace is no longer there. We don't want summon. So the mission continues, when you bring food to the house of the Abel, you don't bring it, not in a tray, but not in a big plate, a big bowl, a knoin is like a kind of a tray that the top part of it was wide, and then it became narrower and narrower, so sort of like a, a, in a way like a filter or something, traps the bigger pieces unless they're the small pieces. These are all, you know, fancier kinds of uh, of uh, of uh, trays. Ella just use ordinary baskets. We'll soon see why. Next thing is they used to make a special bracha when they had the meals. They make a bracha by the meal. It's called birchas avelim. You don't do that, but Mike, you don't do that in chalamay. You bury someone, they still make a row for the oval to go through, and everybody, you know, wishes condolences. And everybody, you know, says, And then we sent everybody to go home. Because we don't want people to spend too much time in doing that. We don't want you to leave the coffin in the street during Chalamoid. You lay the you put it down the street, people will come congregate and they will make more eulogies, and we you don't make eulogies on Yom so, so to a coffin of women, we don't leave it there long. Out of respect for, for the women, we should bury them straight away. Says the Lord, Bodies trying in the beginning, this is what it used to be. Depending on your commensurate to your financial status, that's the kind of tray they use to bring them food. So, what happened was, but it's showing the beginning, the rich people, all kinds of trays made out of silver and made out of gold. The poor would have baskets made out of the willows that were peeled. 
it was very embarrassing because there were a lot of people there and they saw what you know how impoverished they were. Yiskinu made a special takana not to embarrass the poor sheep. Everyone should use these simple trays, nothing fancy at all. They are the peeled willows. Out of respect for the poor. So now we're going to bring a few other examples. Tell them what we learned. But I'll show you in the beginning, they used to drink in the house of the, of, you know, the meal of the Sunnis Havro when everybody comes and they give them food. So the rich people used to use white glass. But learning more Shabbos, that white glass is very expensive. And Ani and the poor is colored glass, which is much cheaper. They're very poor. Everybody saw that how poor they were. They, they decided they instituted out of respect for the poor. But you show in the beginning in the beginning that uh, when they used to bury someone, they used to leave, they used to do it on the bed, not inside a coffin, so everybody can see the mace. So the rich people that would leave the mace's face uncovered. But the poor were so emaciated that they will cover their faces. And the face was blackened because of the famine. The poor were very embarrassed. The living poor who were staying, they were very embarrassed. Everyone should be covered out of respect for the poor. But in the beginning, they used to bring out the rich people on the bed that we talked about before with a leather bottom. And the poor people were just based, were uh, just a flat bed. And uh, again, the poor standing and watching were very embarrassed. Everyone should use the same standard. Kind of a coffin or a bed. respect for the poor. In the beginning, they would place the spice of incense. Tachas In other words, if somebody had problems with intestine and diarrhea, so they would put their uh, they would put their kind of spice and incense to sort of um, dispel the bad smell. Um, <clears throat> Uh, his skin, who, so what happened was all those people living around them had a similar, you know, malady, were embarrassed. Everyone, we should, we should place these spices under everybody, under this incense, under incense, under everybody, so that nobody's embarrassed. And respect for those who are alive. But it's showing the beginning of my bills that came to my government is Mesa's. If a woman passed away who was a leader, everything she touched before she passed away, they used to put immersed in the mikveh. When you need this high advice, other women who were alive were embarrassed. All women, the things that they touched in the last few, the last few days, they were tabled, and they kvayed and shall need this high, so not to single out anyone. But it's showing the beginning my bill and agabi zovin, Mesa, same with males. A male was tummy, you know, and resolved. He had emissions. Everything that he touched in the last few days, the last day or so, they would immerse in the mikveh. Well, you're zobbing chayim Those of our life were to see it were embarrassed. That every with everyone before they pass, when they pass away the last 24 hours, they would they would immerse in the mikveh the things that they come in contact with, and they clay them from zobbing chayim. I respect the zobbing chayim. Another example. Body shayna hayisahay tzas hamez kosher lekrevov. 
um, in the beginning that the expenses of a mason, of taking out a mason, the expenses that they incurred was very difficult for their relatives. More than the death itself, you know, they brought them more than death itself, depression, they had to find the money to, to put in a coffin and everything else and find a burial plot. What happened is, what happened on a number of occasions, that the, 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 the family just fled. They couldn't afford it. It was a Nazi at that time. And he decided that he was going to, you know, sort of like self-deprecate. And he was going to make sure that his own funeral, that he will wear shrouds that are very simple, so not to embarrass anybody in the future. But you have to be clear, he went out with white linen clothes, everybody that followed with white shrouds. The Edna today, Nog Alma, the world had a piece of material, a canvas, the value of is good enough. Nobody cares. And we have the same thing in other things like the Kurim as well, you know, with the baskets that they bring, we make sure that everybody is exactly the same. Or like we have Kriyas at the You know, it used to be that those who knew how to read, they, they, they read it themselves, but then they had a Balkara. And then eventually we didn't want to embarrass everybody. So everybody has a Balkara who reads for them. Sorry, setting one further. I'm going to pop and Papa says, Ein moyid Even though we just said in the Mishnah that Ein Manichas and we don't place a bed in the street in the Chalamoid because we don't have eulogies, but not when it comes to a Talmud Chacham, because you're allowed to eulogize a Talmud Chacham, even a Chalamoid. The Chosh can surely Chalik and Purim, which is even easier than Chalamoid, because a Chalamoid you're not allowed to work unless you have a choice, and Chalik and Purim you could. There are opinions that Purim also, you're not allowed to have any available speak machlek, as we were showing him, that Purim and Hanukkah are also considered like Chalamoid in that sense that, you know, the spirit is you shouldn't have any, any uh, availus at all. When do we say you make a eulogy about Chalamoid? If the mace, if the person, if the deceased is right there, if the deceased is not there, like, then you do not hold any eulogies on Chalamoid. When any, it's not so. Rav Kahana something that Rav Zvi did not even put on. Rav Kahana eulogized Rav Zvi in a play in the Pumnara, not at all next to the the mace. The mace wasn't there at all. So my answer is, even though you know when a puppy young Shmuel they just found out that he passed away. Who give a fun of dummy, and therefore because they just found out and right away, um, they they made a eulogy right down there. It's as if the mace was standing right there. Amarul, um, so talking about a spade and hespid, Aleph, when it comes to a hespid, you bang your, your heart. But um, the chsiv, it says in Posik, it says in Posik, that on the chest, they, what do you call it, Shadayim Seifrim, they, Mourn, so therefore they, they bang themselves on the chest. Tipuach, but yeah, tipuach is with the hand banging on the chest. And kilu, but tipuach is that, um, where, what do you call it? That you, um, so we have, I guess, we have that you, the hesped is you, you, you um, bang your heart. Tipuach is when you clap your hands together. And kilu is berego when you bang with your feet. Tell about we learned. Hamikale is. When you bang with your feet on the ground, you stamp your feet on the ground, like colors, the sandals, don't do it if you're wearing a sandal because it's very dangerous. But, you know, the sandal is only, you know, uh, you know it's, it's very loose on your foot and, it's, you know, and it could be dangerous. And we had a few cases in Gemara Shabbos where it caused all kinds of problems. Elabamanu, only if you're wearing a proper shoe, 
you can incur al sakana. So the Gemara, I'm Rabbi once the 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 oval waves his head or he shakes his head, then um, the consolers cannot sit next to him. So in Shemarach it means basically that now that I really have conversations, uh, we now initiate conversations. So we're having a conversation, and the oval you know says, "Without that, I really talk too much." Shakes his head as if to say the conversation is over. Everybody should be smart enough just to wish him, you know, condolences and wait. Rashi says it means here is that if, if, if you can see from his, um, from his um, I guess, from his body movements that he accepts what happened right now, then that means the you were successful in consoling him and you don't have to stay there anymore. Everyone has to stand up before a nasi If somebody's sitting in mourning, he doesn't have to stand up for a nasi passing by. Or if somebody's very sick, very ill, you don't have to stand up for a nasi passing by. Um, everyone else will understand for Nasi. They cannot sit down until somebody says, please sit. They don't have to wait to be told to sit down because they don't even have to stand up in the first place. But if they did decide to stand up, they could just sit down whenever they're ready. The very first day, he's now at eat from his own bread. And that's what we have as soon as have rough. People give you something to eat. And we have bread and egg. That you know your wife is going to die, but I don't want you to sit Vegas, and they spell out all of these things that Hashem said I don't want you to do, and that's how we learn up. But every other uncle has to do it. And one of the items were do not eat the bread. So we learn from here that um, so he said to Yecheskel, you should not eat bread from other people, which means. But everybody else, all other Avelim, that's what they do. They eat bread from other people. Rabbi, Rabbi Yisa, what they did was they exchanged their meals with each other. And that's how they, they ate someone else's bread. But one of them just gave a meal. If let's say there's a, a somebody passed away in the city, somebody passes away, everybody in the city has to stop working. So Gemara tells the story. No, no, no. The equal the Musa once came to a city to the Rumsa and Shama Koshipura the Shacha. He heard the sound of a shaver. They announced that somebody passed away. Chazi saw Hanach Inchi. He saw a number of people of the Avir to continue to work as if nothing happened. Amaluhu. He said, "You got angry. Lehevi Hanach Inish Bishamta. All of these people who are working right now should be placed in Cheren." Um, isn't there a corpse lying here in the town that has to they have to occupy yourself with, make sure they get buried? Amrule told him, but Chaburasa Ikamasa, we have a Chaber Kadisha who takes care of that. Amru, he said, Ah, Yehachi, so Shari Luchu, I will release you from the Cheren. So this is talking about generally throughout the day, but during the actual Levaya, it says in Shalom, during the actual Levaya, you have to close, um, stop working. While, I was covered from Levi, not so much because to make sure the person is buried, because I was covered for the Levi itself. And we learned before that you even stop learning, but that's only for a Chacham, and you shut down the Chacham's base of Medish. This is a very important rule. 
if anybody has, does excessive mourning, what can happen is it will lead into another mace. If you have excessive mourning, then it just it uh, leads to that you'll be punished, that you're going to have more mace in train. For example, Hawitza was a woman. There was a woman that lived in the neighborhood of Rabhuna. She had seven sons, mace or seven children. Mace Chadmanai, one of them died. Allah, she just continued crying and couldn't be consoled. Shalach Rav Huna, Rav Huna sent her a message. Don't do that. Don't cry to such extent. She refused to listen. Shalach he sent her another message. He says, Muti, listen to me, it's all good. But if not, if not, you're going to have more kids joining the first one. At the end, all of her seven kids passed away. Lesayfomi sent another message and says, "Stop preparing your your trip as well, because you're going to you're going to join them." But Misa and she passed away because the idea is that we have to have a owner. The Eved knows everything what he's doing. I mean, this is one of the explanations. The Eved everything is is with a cheshbon, and if you cry, of course, it's very sad. Everything else, and you're supposed to mourn. But if you cry excessively, that means you're not accepting what the Eved did, and and that is a problem. And that's why um, the Rebbe, we said in, throughout the Avelis, you, know, you shouldn't go overboard in, in, in you know, not doing things because you're a novel, because it's exactly, you're harming that neshama. And how you could, based on, I would think it's based on this Gemara right here. You're not allowed to have excessive mourning. Says the Gemara further, you should not cry for a mace, but al tunudulai. Means, yes, of course, you know, you have to cry, but don't cry excessively. And therefore, don't shake is yes, make more than normal. I guess they say shake the head, you know, and you know how awful it is, but everything with its limitations. So, this is how it's supposed to be. The first three days of Shiva is, is basically when you cry and, um, and in a way you have closure. Veshiva lehesped and seven days is for is for mourning, and shloishim and then thirty days legiyas is his place for taking a haircut and for and for ironing you know and and washing clothes certain way and pressing the kamev we are in. What are you saying that you have more compassion than I do? I let this person die and as if I was you know some kind of a you know a, a callous relationship of all my subjects and I just let them die. That's what you're saying. So you have to, I guess, in a way, accept whatever the Ebishad is, as terrible as it is, is a cheshbon. Then the Pasik says, after this, it says, don't cry to a mace, except, which we just said means excessively, and don't shake your head excessively. Then it says, cry, cry for, for the one that is going. And then the Pasik says, because he won't return anymore and see the, the birthplace, his birthplace. So let's see what the Pasik means. The one who's going, we don't mean just going to uh, to heaven. We mean somebody's going on, on their own, with no children, and uh, they didn't bear any children during their lifetime. <clears throat> so that's very very sad, and therefore it's a double crying, crying that the person passed away, and crying that there's no legacy because there's no children anymore left for him. Says the Gemara. Um, um, 
Abshuva Levi generally never went to anybody's house to any uh, to any um, to um, to wish condolences. Only somebody who left this world without any children whatsoever. The Chassidim says, cried, he cried for somebody who went, who left this world without any children. You won't come back. They won't come back and see uh, the land that he was born in. Because he has little neither. Rabun says, I have a different interpretation of the past. You know what I mean? You're going, you're not coming back. Somebody committed a sin and repeated it again. Rabun is the view we had of before as well. The Omar says that repeats it, became permitted. And we ask, what? Because you repeated the same sin twice, are you allowed to do it? He treats it because you know, once you get accustomed to doing Avera, you no longer feel guilty and he starts, you know, it's much easier the second time, much easier than the first time. Omar Ablevi, Ablevi said, First three days, the first three days of a member, a very close member of your family never passed away. You have to feel that, this, that the Malachamav is a sword is still out there and you have to be very, very careful. The next four days, it's sitting in the corner, it's still very dangerous. The Malachamavas did something to your family, you have to be careful. Beyond that, as if the Malachamavas is distant from you, and the, and, and the Rosh Hashanah says this goes on for 12 months. Okay, we'll stop over here.